everybody, James Shepard here with the Merchant Sales Podcast. Today, I want to break down something for you called the segmented sales process. And so I'm not going to interview anybody else today because I feel like I've had these kind of fragmented bits of content out there about this uh, concept that's come together in my mind over the last couple of years called the segmented sales process, but I've never really presented it in one cohesive way. Um, I will also say ahead of time that this is a bit of kind of an excerpt from some of the things from the ISO Alliance. Uh, so uh, I think there'll be value for those of you that are already in the ISO Alliance. Uh, but for those of you that aren't, um, this will be a good way for you to kind of understand the types of things we talk about in the ISO Alliance. Um, so with all that being said, let me dive in and talk about the segmented sales process. What is the segmented sales process? Well, if you go back to when I first got in the business, you know, 13, 14 years ago, now I guess it was, um, the sales process was all inclusive, all with me. I was I was the entire sales process, right? I walked into a business. The that was the very first thing that the very first interaction they had was me walking into their business, right? I talked to them. I generated interest. I would do a proposal usually on the spot. Uh, maybe I would get a statement and do an analysis and come back the next day. Um, then we, you know, I'd go through the paperwork. I would close the sale. The terminal would get shipped out to me. I would go in, I would install the terminal, make sure that they were really happy. And then I would move on to the next one, right? And so, um, you know, the sales process was, you know, have one person who's good at selling merchant services. And I really believe that while that model is not dead uh, by any stretch, there certainly are still some people in the industry who have an expertise in doing that. I think that model has largely uh, transitioned. We've transitioned away from that model. And I think what's a challenge is that many ISOs are still kind of clinging to that model, right? And trying to make that model work. And the, the truth of it is, it's extremely difficult, extremely expensive to make that particular process work. What you're going to find is that your efficiencies are going, to are going to go up significantly as you segment the sales process. Now, one of the other things I want to point out here that is also really important is that, you know, our industry is changing rapidly. I mean, really, really rapidly. And, and, and we say that a lot and everybody's kind of like, well, yeah, of course, James. But, but what you have to understand is this. You know, I work with a lot of different agents. I talk to agents all the time. I work with different ISOs and consult for them. The reality of selling payment processing in the field in the last six months, year, has changed dramatically, okay? Meaning the level of competition that exists out there for those that are trying to build a new book of business, uh, the level of competition has just gone up significantly um, because of all these external forces I've been talking about, Patty and I have talked about on the podcast forever, um, of integrated payments and all of that and verticalization. And so we have to start to shift right now. And I think it's just so important to understand this change in the way we need to be selling uh, payment processing services. And by the way, this goes for ISV just as well as for ISO, right? So let's let's dive in and talk about the segmented sales process. I have it segmented into um, five stages. And what's important about these five stages is not necessarily the stage itself. I've talked many times about the different stages of the sales process. What's important in this case is that these five stages often represent five distinct people or five different departments or five different functions of the ISO, of the independent sales organization. Um, and so each of them demands this really unique attention to understand them and to make sure that we get them right. Okay. Um, this is something I work with as consulting clients is something I'm working with, um, you know, my own companies. And here's what I'm finding are the five steps, ready? So number one, the first segment of the sales process is lead generation. 
just had a conversation today with a guy who is going to be going after the ISV uh, market and, and getting ISV partnerships. And, you know, my advice to him was to start at the very, very top of the funnel. The top of the funnel, everybody, is awareness of your brand and what it stands for, right? So start at the top of the funnel, okay? Don't start in the middle of the funnel. Don't start with trying to generate interest. Start at the very top of the funnel. The best lead generation you're going to get is going to be with a free ebook, with a podcast that you promote in your local market, a Facebook group that you have telemarketers reaching out and asking people if they want to join your local Facebook group for business owners, um, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be a pure value add content that's going to say, this is what our company is all about, right? This is where we stand. We are here to help small business owners. Hopefully you've got this verticalization going on. So you're saying, well, not only are we here to help small business owners, but specifically we are here to help pizza shop owners or hair salon owners or service contractors or whatever the case might be, okay? The more specific, the better. But you've got to start at the top of the funnel with this content, all right? Now, listen, I know that it's difficult and I know that it's expensive. Nobody knows it better than I do. It's, it's actually really, really expensive to do this approach. I have, uh, you know, um, CC Storage is a really good example of that. You know, we um, put so much time and money into building out our podcast for, uh, called the Self Storage Insight. And we have, um, you know, getting guests, uh, you know, guests to come on is, is really time consuming. I have a full-time telemarketer who calls self-storage property owners to get them to subscribe via email to the podcast. Um, we're posting, we're making clips and posting them and, and paying to boost them on social media. And, you know, we're, we're doing all of these things. We just finished up. We put out, I think our second ebook now that's just free. And it's like, We've been doing this for months, right? And it's very, very, very expensive. It's very time consuming to do this, but we're developing this audience, right? And we just had, uh, I think it was last week, we had the first time that a really large self-storage property owner, just they came to our website because of one of the, the podcast interviews, came to our website, filled out the form. Uh, you know, my uh, uh, sales team had reached out to them. Um, they have almost a thousand units. It's a huge self-storage property. And, you know, we're going to make a, a good commission, a good residual income off of that one deal. And, you know, but that deal didn't come for months and months. Now, what I can tell you is my level of confidence is near 100% that in 12 months from now, 24 months from now, there's going to be a steady stream of those leads that are going to be coming into our business because we're establishing ourselves as a valuable resource for our target audience, in this case, self-storage property owners, right? And we're making those deep connections through the content that we're putting out. And we're going to continue to invest tens of thousands of dollars a month into doing that, right? Because we know that long-term payoff is there. Now, I know for many of you, you're thinking to yourself, I, I, I just need to get out and make some sales. I don't have time to start a, a local business Facebook group, or I don't have the uh, wherewithal to go out and, and get a, uh, you know, the audio equipment to start a podcast, or um, I don't have a graphic designer to do a, an ebook. Well, let me tell you something. If you're an ISO, first of all, join the ISO Alliance. I'll give you all the stuff that you need to, to use the strategy. But even beyond that, like get creative with it. You, you have a new problem to solve, okay? You have to look at each of these segments of the sales process as a separate problem for you to solve, okay? You, you can't look at it and say, well, I got to go sell merchants. I got to sell merchants um, and, and just get zeroed in on that and say, well, I don't want to do any of these other things. Hold on a minute. You got to open your mind up a little bit. How do you buy things, right? 
How do you interact? Well, you go on your phone, you look on social media, right? You search Google, you go to YouTube, you watch a YouTube how-to video, right? And then you make a decision. That's how people make decisions today. And so I think a lot of times it's easy for us to get like so uh, zoned in and zeroed in on like our own industry that we just don't want to recognize that things are changing, right? People don't buy things the way that they did 15 years ago, right? So we've got to shift. So First segment is lead generation. If you want to generate leads, you need to do that with education, with knowledge, with giving value to people because that's how people want to be introduced to your company. So that's stage uh, segment number one or stage number one. Number two, the call to action. So once we've kind of educated them on, hey, we're providing value to you. Again, maybe that's you sitting a podcast, maybe it's a free ebook, um, whatever it might be. Then you have your call to action. And your call to action, what I found works so well is a call to action is a free analysis. Now, now before you you know get too much into this, I'm not talking about a statement analysis. Okay, that could certainly be uh, an approach you could use, but let's face it, that one's a little bit tougher these days, right? People have heard that before. Um, no, what I'm talking about is an analysis that's going to add value to their business, right? And so this value is going to be, hey, we're going to do a free point of sale analysis. We're going to analyze the way that people are checking out at the point of sale. And we're going to give you some, some tips and thoughts on how you could streamline the point of sale experience, right? If it's a restaurant, we get, I just had a conversation with a restaurant owner today and talked about uh, the importance of having handheld um, table side ordering for his servers. And we talked about how he's short staffed and it would be great for him to be able to take orders for his servers to not have to walk back to the you know point of sale system every 10 seconds. Right? So these things are all really, really important. Um, to have these conversations and provide a free analysis. Now, again, it could be a, a variety of different things, right? In the self-storage industry, maybe it's an analysis for us to say, hey, you know, a pricing analysis. Are you pricing competitively, right? How could you price differently? How could you use differential pricing to eliminate the cost of processing or offset it, right? Um, so there's all these different areas depending on the business type that you're going after. But this idea of provide them with a free analysis. So here's some free material for you to read or watch or listen to. Here's some free content. We deliver that value and then we say, okay, great. Now that we've done that, we would also love to give you some free advice, right? This is our particular area of expertise and here's how we can provide that to you at no cost. Now, again, that person most likely is going to be different from the person that was doing the lead generation. We might have a telemarketer calling to get their email address to get a free ebook, but we're going to have a different person that's following up to provide that free analysis of their business and trying to provide value in that way because their time is going to be a little more valuable. They got to really know what they're talking about and be able to really um, go after there where the, the telemarketer may be able to do more of a simple script, right? So we have different positions there, right? So a free analysis. So, so think about this, right? What could you provide? What kind of advice could you provide for free um, to your target audience that would, of course, lead to um, the next stage, right? So the next stage is the proposal, all right? Now, you say, well, James, surely the proposal is handled by the same person um, that does, uh, you know, the, the uh, free analysis. Well, maybe, maybe not, <laughs> okay? A good example of that. I mean, just today, you know, I was talking to this restaurant owner, is a good example of this, and um, you know, now if if my entire business was made up in selling point, this particular point of sale system to restaurants, I probably wouldn't need any help with a proposal, right? Granted, um, but it would definitely be a different, uh, another step in the process, right? I had this meeting today to do the analysis, to talk about what they could do to streamline their business operations. But, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff. For instance, we talked about the gift cards and how we need to bring the gift cards over. Well, 
I could be honest with you. I mean, I actually don't know how that works in this particular scenario, um, very specific scenario. So before I can make the proposal, I've got to interact. So, you know, um, I'm leaning heavily on the point of sale company in this case to help me create a proposal that's right for this merchant. So, you know, there, it's definitely a collaboration. It's a, it's another segment, but it's an important segment. And it's, in a, it's a segment that should be segmented. Okay, the reason I'm calling it the segmented sales process is because we're not segmenting our sales process enough and we're not trying to solve these unique challenges um, in, in, it, in their own unique way, right? We're just piling it all together and saying, well, we got to go sell payment processing. No, we need to think of them in a segmented way. You know, creating proposals. How many proposals did your company create last week, last month? How many proposals did they create yesterday? There should be a process for proposal generation. And the salespeople should be working with and collaboration with the technical side to create proposals that capture the true value. I'd, I'd recommend all of you read a book called The Challenger Sale. Fantastic book for where our industry is at today called The Challenger Sale. Check that book out. But this idea is we got to challenge people with saying, hey, we know that you're just, you think you just want this solution over here, but have you thought about X, Y, and Z? Have you thought about these other features and benefits and so we need that collaboration of the salespeople with the technical team, with the solutions team to figure out what's the best proposal we can make to this particular merchant. And then we got to go in there guns blazing with this incredible value that just blows them away. Like, wow, I didn't even think about that. But now that you brought this up, that's exactly what I need. That's what these business owners should be thinking. Not, oh, wow, well, I got the same proposal I've gotten from everybody else. No, how can we challenge their beliefs to say, Look at this incredible proposal. Look what we can do for you. And this idea of creating these valuable proposals, it is a discipline in and of itself, right? It is a big deal to create a proposal for a client. Each client needs a very specific proposal that's going to show them the value, right? So we have proposal generation. So we're creating leads, right? Usually through some kind of content, free content, free ebook download, or hopefully leveraging maybe telemarketers, Facebook ads to generate these leads. Then we're using that to get a follow-up from somebody who's, uh, you know, we would consider a closer or a senior salesperson to say, hey, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, we are experts in X, Y, and Z, and I would love to do a free analysis just to give you some free advice about how you could do this better. That's something we provide for free to people so we get to know our target audience better. We get to know other business owners better, right? They provide that and they take away from that a bunch of really valuable insights about how that business could be helped. And at the end of the conversation, they say, hey, I want to go back to my team. If with your permission, I'd like to put a proposal together, right? Let me just show you what we could do for you because I did identify some things here where I think we could be a benefit. So we go back, we work on the proposal in collaboration with the tech team, and we bring that back. Uh, once we get through that stage, we then move to the close, okay? Now, again, we're back to the closer most likely, okay? But um, I know organizations that even segment these things out where they have people that all they do is this analysis and their job is to, you know, they're, they're, you know, industry experts and their job is to um, ask the right questions, get the right information, bring that in, create a proposal. Then they hand it off to the closer that then is able to go back in and close the deal. Right. Um, most of the time, the person that does the uh, free analysis is going to be the same one that does the close. So they get some collaboration in the middle on the proposal and then they go back and they have this close. Right. Now, once we get to the close, well, guess what? Now we're back to kind of more of that normal sales approach, right? Now we have all the information. We just need to go back. We need to close the sale. I'm not going to dive into all the details here, but we should be tracking how many proposals are out there 
and how many have we closed? And if we're closing less than half of our proposals, then we need to revisit the way we're creating our proposals. Are we giving them multiple options to choose from? Are we giving them two or three different packages they could select from? Are we giving them different value ads that they maybe weren't expecting? What kind of a proposal are we giving to our closer to be able to go back and, and make a proposal, right? So we, we're closing. We have to get the deal done. We have to get the paperwork done, all of that, right? And so we probably are going to have a whole other team of people or another person or another process to say, hey, we got to get this paperwork done, right? Following up with a merchant to get all the details that they need. Then we go into that final say, stage or segment, which is the installation. Again, installation used to be so easy, right? You don't, you know, hey, just no problem, right? Installation, just plug that terminal in and you're good to go. Well, if you're selling standalone terminals, that's the case. If you're selling a, you know, five station point of sale system with kitchen displays, that's not the case. You need a, a different process for that. You need other people to come in and help with that installation so that you give that merchant a fantastic experience, right? Um, and so we have the installation segment. Now, here's the big picture that I want to, I want to get across to you. The sales process is not the same as it used to be. Now, again, is it the same when you're selling a standalone terminal to a mom and pop shop? Yes. And are there a lot of people that still go out and successfully do that sales process? Absolutely, right? Is that the best path forward for success and for building a really valuable portfolio? No, it's not. Okay, I'm sorry. It's just not, all right? What you got to do is you got to think in terms of a segmented sales process and ask yourself these questions about, Am I producing leads by giving valuable free content out to people to educate them about my business? Because you can spread the word so fast. I'll go back to the conversation I had earlier today with this guy about going after ISVs. You know, I said, look, there's only like what, two to 5,000 possible companies you want to reach out to here in this kind of ISV market that are the right uh, criteria. So that may sound like a lot, but it's really not a lot of people. And he's got, you know, a call center. And I'm like, look, do you really want to have the call center reach out to all these people and say, hey, do you want to get on a call to discuss this further about payment integration? No, you want to reach out and say, hey, we've got a free guide on monetizing payments, right? And, you know, we just want to give it to you for free. Who's, You know what I mean? That's it. Why? Because now if I call 2,000 people with that pitch, I'm probably going to get 500 of them to say, sure, I'll take the free ebook, right? Send it over. Well, now I've got a much better opportunity to do that warm follow-up and say, hey, we have an analysis that we do to see how you're doing with you know, your payment processing or whatever, right? So it's it's this idea of, you know, starting at the very top of the funnel with awareness, with education, right? Then we're moving on to some kind of a free analysis. So, you know, we have it segmented that way and each of these things has its own challenges. So ask yourself questions. Am I getting leads with free content? Am I providing some kind of advice or some kind of, free something to the business owner to give them value, right? Um, ask yourself, what kind of proposals am I generating? Am I giving a, a just a boring kind of, here's what the numbers would look like if you went with me kind of proposal? Or am I getting a proposal together that actually showcases value and says, here's the value that you would get by going with me. Here's the value you would get from this technology. Here's the value you would get from our company. Is, is there something there that's challenging them? Or maybe they're like, wow, I didn't even think about that, but this would really help my business. And are there multiple packages and options? You know, like, are we really thinking about our proposal creation to give people a proposal that they're like, this is like the best proposal I've ever seen. This is incredible because it's not just about the numbers. It's not just about the pieces of equipment. It's like, here's the challenge. Like, like anybody that's ever gotten a proposal from me, 
you know, um, my proposals look so different, I think, than what most of you would would be, um, you know, thinking of, right? For me, I always start a proposal with something called a situation appraisal. Situation appraisal would say something like XYZ pizza shop is currently growing, but has staff shortages and is struggling to fulfill orders because of hiring needs and inefficiencies. That's how I would start a proposal. That's the first thing they might see. Right. And then I'm going to go down through and say, what are the objectives? Right. Well, the objectives are we want to make servers more efficient with handheld devices or whatever. Right. What are the objectives? What are we trying to accomplish? We want to reduce costs. Sure. That's going to be one of the objectives, but there's going to be several objectives. And at the end, I'm going to have different packages. You choose package A, it's going to be this much. And I'm going to be able to do these things to help achieve the objectives. But guess what? There's two other options where you could pay, uh, you could invest a little bit more. And I'm going to do so much more to help you accomplish the objective, right? What are, what's the situation? What are the objectives? What are the deliverables? Like make a real proposal, make that a whole thing of like making proposals. That's a big segment, right? Then you go back in, you got to close the sale. Do you know how to sell? You know, uh, today I see so many companies that are hiring all these people from, you know, different industries. They're bringing them into our industry and they're like, Hey, you know, we have this really complicated thing and we need people that understand technology. Yes, we do. You know, we need people that understand software. Yes, we do. We need people to understand all this. Sure. But guess what? We also need people who can close the sale. That's our big advantage as ISOs and even ISVs a lot of times is like, if, if you have a core competency of sales expertise, make sure you got some salespeople on your team. And guess what? The people that are the best closers, they may not be the best IT people. They may not be the best at understanding all the nuance of the solution and the technology, right? So they're going to need some help making those proposals. They're going to need some help doing demos and all of that, right? But then you need somebody that can close the sale. They can go in and get that deal done, right? Once the deal is done, now you got the installation process. Don't leave that closer out to dry, hanging out to dry to say, oh yeah, sure. You go install it. And let's see how it goes. We'll help you if we need to. No, have a process, right? There's a lot of variables. There's a lot of issues that go into the installation. Make sure it's done right and make that a whole uh, separate thing that you're doing. So my message to you today is really simple and that is segment the sales process, right? Think about each of these stages. You say, James, I'm an individual agent, right? That was fun to listen to that, but like, what am I gonna do? What you need to do is you need to segment the sales process, okay? Think about it, right? Guess what? You may have to make some investments. You may have to go out and partner with a local computer IT guy to come in and help you with the installation of these complex systems. And maybe they're a little bit low on work right now and they would love that, right? They would love to work with you, right? Um, you may need to get a, a telemarketer from Upwork to call and get people in your local community to get a, a free, to agree to have you come out and hand them a free pamphlet or something, right? Like, you know, you, you got to think outside the box a little bit. You know, you got to start your own Facebook group for local business owners. Whatever the case might be, we got to think outside the box through all of these segments, all right? So I hope that this was a help to you. This is, again, a very different episode of the uh, Merchant Sales Podcast, but just something I've been wanting to share, and I thought we'd take this opportunity to get it out there to you. So, hey, thanks so much. Hope you all have a fantastic rest of your day, your weekend, and I wish each of you fantastic success in this amazing industry. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of Greensheet.com and CCSalesPro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.